Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. And this morning I'm going to talk a little bit about Satan. I know this is his week, but I also want you to know a little bit more about him and how that we are on the winning side. And one thing that Satan likes to do is to do anything he can to distract us away from having an intimacy with the Lord. Because when we have an intimacy with him, it comes from a pure heart and we're glorifying him as the only God and Savior and Satan hates that. And so if he can't keep us away from the Lord, then what he'll do is distort the Lord in our life. And when the young people sang that song, it's not about the blessings, it's about the beloved one. And I'm kind of adding that last part there because it really is. What happens is, is that God does a lot of stuff for us. And you're going to find some growing and developing Christians that will quickly be able to see all the things that the Lord has been doing for us. For example, here, the Lord has blessed us with things. People have given things, money or objects to help our kitchen, to get our library going. They've been doing a wonderful thing of giving us things. And so we quickly say, Lord, thank you for that blessing. That's good. So we see the blessing. And then we see some perhaps ways he's provided for us through others, maybe through service. People that have not, not gotten afraid to get dirty for God, rolled up their sleeves. And so God has provided people. And so we thank him for that blessing of a person. And all of a sudden, it's very easy for the younger Christians, while we're thanking God for the blessings, to be looking always for things. And we start looking at God providing and protecting us and we see all this stuff out there and we now get thinking that it's all about things again. And in reality, what the Lord is, he says, yes, I'm giving you things and all of that, but really, I want you to see it's all about the giver of the things. It's about the beloved one, not so much about the blessings. And so for a healthy church, why we want to celebrate and be grateful for the things that the Lord has provided for us and the people he's given to us, let's always remember all of that is nothing more than one huge stepping stone to worship God. It's his love. It's his sovereignty. It's his generosity. It's his mercy. Because frankly, every blessing that we really do need that lasts forever has already been given to us when we've accepted Christ as Savior. And now that brings us into what is known as the conflict of the ages. The conflict began way back in the garden. Most of you know that. It brought the fall of humankind. You and me were a part of that as a result through Adam. And then we know that that conflict of the ages, that's going to carry on all the way through until when God Almighty finally takes Satan himself. and doesn't bind him, but puts him in a position where he will no longer ever, ever have an effect on any of God's creation or created ones. And that's still yet to come. But between Genesis and Revelation, between things past and things future, we live in a very mixed up world with a lot of challenges. Now those of you that don't know Christ as your Savior, I want you to know that there is something that you can do to get on the winning side. And I'd like for you to do this for me today. I'd like you to lean into this message. Because there is a special place in this message that I'm going to open a door in it and I'm going to let you walk into and become a part of the winning team because God wants you to be on his team. There was a book written a while ago, maybe some of you read it, it's called Growing Something Besides Old. I like that name already. And the author of that book tells a story about Halloween. It goes something like this, she says, 
She says at the Halloween time, she had a lot of candy. Kids were coming to the door. But all of a sudden, there were so many kids that she ran out of candy. So she ran back into the house and she was figuring, what can she do? And she probably did what we often do. She went into her drawer and found as much change as she could. And so as the kids were coming to the door, she started giving quarters and then dimes. And she was down to nickels and pennies because there were so many kids. Well, at the very end, she just had a last handful of change, and a little five-year-old girl came to the door, and she was dressed like a princess. I mean, she had it all. I mean, she had her tiara on the top, she had her wand, she had her outfit, and she was so excited, and so she comes to the door, and this lady says what she did is she took her change, and she threw it into the bag, and she said to this little girl, says, I know it's not a lot of money, but you know, tomorrow you can go to the store, and you can change it into candy if you'd like. And this girl said very quickly, Ma'am, what do you think this is? A real wand? You know, it really doesn't work. Well, I got thinking about that story, and it really fits this. There are a lot of people today that really don't believe in Satan at all. In fact, if they do think that there's a Satan, he's nothing more than just some kind of a, a literature figure that was made up to per, maybe present evil, so to speak, but he himself is not an evil one. Even Christians today, they hardly believe in Satan, and when they do, they realize that the battle is somewhere else, but it's not around them anywhere, let alone in their own world. But look at me, folks. The battle is real. The battle is raging. And the battle is right here in this room with you and me. Not only, but it's right here. And so that's why we have to step up, because this message today is winning the real battle and what God has to say about it. The New York Times had an, also had a survey that they had taken, and they came to this conclusion. The survey said this, that two-thirds of America did not believe in a literal Satan, but they did believe that there was a manufactured Satan that was supposed to represent evil, like a little icon that might be on your desktop and your computer, but no real person. Folks, Satan is real, and he is alive. There is not one ounce, one shred, one minutia of good about Satan. He is hell-bent on only one thing, and that is to steal all the glory from God and to bring every Christian first down and every man, woman, boy, and girl away from God as he possibly can. In fact, Satan will still do that knowing that he too will end separated for all eternity from God. Well, since there really is a battle, I think we might want to know how he addresses this battle. First of all, what he does is he wants to attack churches because churches are designed by God to teach their people how to properly bring glory to the Lord. So if Satan could bring down churches, the church at large and the church local, he will do everything that he can. Now, how does he do that? Well, he begins to attack, first of all, the leaders of it. So if he could bring down those that are in position of influence, particularly pastors or those that will be making decisions, those that will be teaching the word, whether it's in adult classes or children classes. He will do anything he can to mess up their lives. Now, how does he do it? First of all, what he tries to do is to take the truth of God's word and have those communicators teach it wrong. If he can't teach it wrong, he'll do it in such a way as to muddy their message. If he can't muddy their message, he will give it in an improper balance. If he can't do that, he will try to shut their mouths to keep people in the church from communicating the message of truth. If he can't do that, he will wreck the lives of those who are in position of influence. And he's alive today. So he's going to be working against people like me. That's why for those of you that have already had teaching on the wiles of Satan and are praying for me, praying for Carol praying for our pastors, praying for our deacons, praying for our teachers. I want to say thank you. Keep it up. Do it more. We need that. But it's not just the leaders, because at times Satan will go right after the people in the church. 
And how he does it is coming from two parts of Satan. One part of Satan he is known as the father of lies. So whatever he's going to do, he's going to take an element of truth and drop in it a shred of a lie. It would be a spin. It would be a manipulation, an intimidation. It would be some form of deceit. Anything he can to get people to believe something that isn't 100% truth or accurate with God. Secondly, what he does is that he is also known as the murderer. Now, we know there's a lot about murder in the world today, and I could talk a lot about that. But I don't want to just stay with murder. When you think of murder, murder generally will mean death, that someone dies. All right, now let's take the word death for a moment. The word death means nothing more than separation. So what Satan will try to do is to, sure, separate people from their soul and spirit and body and have them just die because they can't do any more. But if he can't do that, then what he does is that he wants to separate people from God. Secondly, he wants to separate them from one another because he knows that if they're divided, what happens then is called confusion. And God is about bringing things together in unity underneath himself. And so Satan will work very, very hard on that. And so now the question is not whether or not there's a battle. Folks, there is a battle. It's live and it's real. We talked about that. The real question now is, do we want to know how that we can win a winnable battle? What is this real battle that we fight? And so today, I wanted to bring this to you. It is essentially important today. Some of you might be wondering, why is Stan off on this big high horse? Is it because it's Halloween and he's got to give us kind of pre-Halloween message? Not really, although it does fit time-wise. But it's more than that. It's because I'm sensing in our midst here, no, we don't have conflict. I'm trying to do it ahead of time that we don't. It's because we have all of a sudden received the hand of God's blessing in our church. So much good has been happening around here. So many people have been stepping up. So many people have been humbling themselves when they've hurt someone and apologized for that. There's healing going on. There's growth going on. There's soul winning going on. We've got a big outreach, one after the other after the other. Listen, folks, Satan hates anyone who wants to further the gospel because that means more people in God's family and more people then that can bring glory to the Lord properly. And so Satan will come against us. So the greatest concern I have is that in two weeks, I'm going to be leaving. You're your shepherd, so to speak. Not the only shepherd, but your shepherd. I want to make sure that while I'm gone, that you have this truth so embedded in your life. This becomes a core value so that when things begin to happen, you'll know who the real enemy is. How do we fight this enemy? How do we really win? So that the victory that we've experienced up to this very moment, right now as I'm speaking, will not only continue beyond, but it's my belief that with the shepherds that are left behind, the victory will even get broader, greater, deeper, because we know how this battle is fought and won. So with that, I'd like you to maybe take out your notes, because I'm just going to give you five points today that I think from Scripture as we go through a passage expositorily, verse upon verse upon verse, to get this. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. The first thing we need to do is to enlist in the right army. It's called the army of the Lord. To enlist in the right army, the army of the Lord. Now, remember a moment ago I said to those of you who are our guests or maybe listening on radio, and I said now may be an opportunity for you to walk through a door right now. I'd like for you to listen up because I want to show you how you enlist in the right army, okay? First of all, you have to admit to yourself that, hey, wait a second, there is a warfare going on. I think you're mature and knowledgeable enough to know that something much bigger than what's happening with humanity must be driving all this man's inhumanity to man. There's got to be something that is so negative that would be so diabolical that's happening all over the globe and it's been doing it for centuries, millenniums, that there's got to be something in an unseen world that's huge, that's negative, 
a dark force that's out there. You've got to agree with that. According to Scripture, that Jesus Christ is the Father of life, love, and light. God is all of that. Now, that being said, and Satan is of death, separation, and lies. Scripture calls those who do not know Christ as their Savior. Listen, if you have not placed your faith alone in Christ, he says this. You are of your father, the devil. You were born in a wonderful world, probably good parents, pretty good society, but that unseen force was going on that you were a part of, that dark force. Now God says, because he loves us, I don't want you to be in that dark force. I want you to be on the winning side. I want you to have a father who's not a murderer or a liar. I want you to have a father who cannot tell a lie, who is all truth. I want you to have a father who doesn't provide death, but provides life. And he says, I'll do everything that's necessary for you to be in my army, on my team, in my family, in the light, out of the darkness. And so here's what he does for us. He says, you are so lost, there's nothing you can do yourself. No matter how good it is, it's still a filthy rag in my sight. I'm just quoting scripture. And God says, I love you so much just the way you are. And I know that you're hopelessly lost because of what Satan has done. And so what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to send my son to the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago. He's going to take every wicked thing that was ever done by man from his heart to his life, every sin, and place it on himself of all man for all time, no matter what sin that is. Big sin, little sins, venial sins, mortal sins, all sins. And when Jesus died, it was such a horrible separation from God. Then even Jesus had to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? For at that moment, all the darkness of humanity was on Christ. And Christ died, he paid the sin debt, and he went to heaven. Now that doesn't mean all of it became light. It just meant that the ticket to a relationship with God was paid for on Calvary. So now God comes back and he says, see, I paid the price. I've done the work. I've done everything necessary for you to come into my family here. Out of darkness, translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. I've done it all. But here's what you have to do. Now this is what you have to do. This is what you have to do. You have to do this. It's the only thing you can do. You need to be on this side of this and say, wait a second. I know there's a dark force out there. I know that I'm not in Christ's family yet, but he is now beckoning me to be a part of that family. And I now can have him, the father of light and love, a father of life in my life. And so I'm going to come to him and I'm going to say, no matter how good I am, I'm not perfect enough. I still have sin. And so, Lord, I'm coming to you for your full, once and for all, forever, forgiveness. And you promise that you will grant me that great forgiveness when I come to you. So I come to you just as I am, a sinner. And Jesus over here says, come on in. It's by faith alone in Christ. Now, if you want to have this winnable war, it doesn't mean your life will be without problems. Watch it. It does mean your life will have a problem solver in it, which before you had no problem solver. You had no power. You had no book you can fully understand. But now you do. That's enlisting. Now, but watch this. Now, you might say, okay, I become a Christian. Okay, I now have eternal life. I'm going to heaven, but that's in the future. What about the nasty here and now rather than just the sweet by and by? This is what it says. Look at the verse again. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Would you circle in the Lord and then circle power of his might? Because what it means to be in his army means that now you have supernatural strength to be able to have victory in this life of battles that you're going to be having. So all the strength necessary to do what God wants you to do, to bring pleasure unto God, is all provided for you in Christ. And how do you get that? By faith in Christ, and then you yield into that strength. Oh, how precious that is. 
I read a story also recently, you might have read the same story, about how this guy went to a Halloween party and he thought he'd be real cute. So he dressed up like Satan, you know, the red outfit and the tail with the pitchfork and all that stuff and the horns. And so he's heading out, his car breaks down. And when his car broke down, it was now, he had to get to the party. He got all his costume on. So he jumped out of his car and he was running down the road. The party's about a mile up the road at the hotel. And while he was running to the hotel, a cloud burst happened. And so he said, I got to get out of the rain. So he darted into this building, but it happened to be a church. Can you imagine what that was like? This guy runs into the church. As soon as he gets into the church, Bibles and hymn books are flying and people are just running out. I would like to know what kind of church that was. So they're all running out, but one poor person, an older person, I'm not marginalizing older, but you know how it is when people, they just kind of push you aside, they get out, and that person's trying to get out, but couldn't get out fast enough, and now he turns face to face with this guy in a costume that looks like the devil. So this person is now shaking and cowering and saying, you know, I've been in this church for 20 years and I haven't missed a Sunday, but I want you to know I was on your side all along. That's a cute little story, but... You know, it might be that here, we could sing the praise songs, go to the classes, pay the money, do all the stuff that we do. But could we still be enlisted in the wrong army? You see, giving money, joining the church, doing all of this stuff, that doesn't get us into God's family. That's only done by faith. And even though we trust him by faith and we're in his army, watch this, watch this, that doesn't mean that we're a part of the army army. In other words, we could uh, be in the army, but we're not willing to fight. We're like a, like a secret service Christian. We kind of hide. We're in clandestines. We could be AWOL, absent without leave from God's army of service. I pray that's not the case. So we need to enlist in the right army. So my question to you before I move on is simply this. Do you know that you are in the army of God? And if you're in his army and you know it, will you now remember that every bit of power that you need to live a victorious Christian life is there in Christ, watch this, who is now in you, who is so passionately wanting to be released through you so that you can live a moment-by-moment victorious Christian life. Do you know that? If you know it now, will you trust him so it can be real in your life? All right, here's number two. Besides just enlisting in the right army, that's a good thing to do. You also need to identify the strategies of the real enemy. The strategies of the real enemy. Look at the next verse. It says this, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. If you will take your pen for just a moment and circle the word wiles of the devil. Just circle that if you will. The wiles of the devil. Now that's a word we don't use. I haven't really gone up to my wife and said, hey, have you seen and heard the wiles of that swindler? I don't talk the word wiles. So let's just put strategy or the, or the, the lying strategy, the trickery that goes on. And so what I want you to know that if Satan is a liar and he is a separator then you have to know that he is a very wicked one and he's very strategic and what he will do to keep us from bringing all glory to the Lord and pleasure to our Heavenly Father so he will do whatever he can the wiles the trickery of Satan now here's something that I can present to you I could present to you some of the way that Satan has operated through Scripture which I'll do in just a moment but he is so conniving and so subtle that no matter what I teach you, I probably could never plummet the depths of the chicanery of Satan. So now, instead of me spending Sundays or months going over how bad Satan is, it'd be far better for me to continue teaching you truth, truth, truth. Because when you see and hear truth, 
when the wiles of Satan comes up, there's going to be this little ticker of a conscience inside of you that has been empowered by the Spirit and the Word of God that's going to immediately recognize, ooh, that doesn't smell right. I don't see the flames, but I smell the smoke. I don't see the skunk, but I can smell the stench. Because something is going on inside of you. And the more you're in the book, the more all of a sudden you will see the flames. And you will see the skunk. Because it's all right there for you in the book. The wiles of Satan. I'm going to show you something here. You probably thought, some of you from the deep south, thought I had a skull can here. But I don't. I was sitting down yesterday and Carol, my sweet wife, you know, we're going overseas and we're not going to where they have a lot of McDonald's and pizza places and all of that. So Carol's very nervous about what we're going to eat in Myanmar and what we're going to eat in some of the other places we're going. Because we've been to Croatia and Albania. So she's brought boxes of these, uh, what do you call those bars, honey? Pardon me? Energy bars. But I, I, I like energy bars, but she likes this 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 white meat so she's going to bring crackers and a little plastic fork in this and I just don't know if it's going to get through the TSA so we'll have to put it in another deal but now here's what I want to show you though how many by the way have seen these little potted meat cans have you seen those how many have you seen raise your hand have you seen okay it's not it's not a sin to see these it's not a sin to eat these but I want to show you what do you see on the outside of my potted meat can can you see that now I'm only smiling because of how stupid this is to put the picture of Satan on this and they picture him up with a pitchfork, a tail, and a horns and he's red and all of this stuff. And so really what they're doing, watch this, they are desynthesizing us from the reality of Satan. It's a joke. It's nothing more than that. And I have to tell you, this is no joke. So when we put this in our luggage, Carol, I want you to take the paper off and throw it away. All right. I'll leave it up here for a moment. That's why here at this church, I wish we did more drama. And I call it dramedy here because I like comedy too. And if we had more time and more people would step up and do this, I have the leaders, I just need the people to meet and do this. We do more of it. But there's a couple things we will never do in dramedy at our church, at least while I'm pastor, at least on the Sundays that I'm here. And that will be we won't make light out of Satan. We're not going to make light out of any part of Jesus Christ. And we'll not ever make light out of hell. Because it's a real place and real people spend eternity separated from worshiping God there forever. So keep that in mind. The wiles of the devil. The wiles of the devil very simply is simply this. Watch. Again, he will lie. We'll talk more about that in a moment. Anything that is a part of a lie, a half-truth, prevarication, a spin, that's of Satan. Secondly, he'll do anything he can to separate, separate husbands and wives, separate brothers and sisters, separate kids from parents, separate people on the job, separate people in the church, separate people all over the world. He's a separator and he's very, very tricky. How do I know? Some of us have scars today because of broken relationships where his trickery became effective. Let's go to number three. We also need to recognize the presence of the real enemy. This is a really neat verse here. This verse really spoke to me. Would you look at it for a moment? It says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness, spirit, against a spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, what you want to do with your pen so you can follow very closely when it talks about recognizing the presence of the real enemy. Now, we talked about presence, we talked about recognizing, but I want you to circle who's the real enemy. Here's what you're going to circle. 
We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Circle the phrase flesh and blood. Secondly, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the high places. I'm going to say something, then I'm going to qualify this a little bit to help make sure that we're right in the right perspective on this. First of all, our real enemy is not going to be our wife or our husband. It's not going to be our mom or our dad. It's not going to be our kids. It's not going to be our brothers or sisters. It's not going to be our employer. It's not going to be the government. It's not going to be our employees. It's not going to be people in the church. It's not going to be leaders in the church. It's not going to be any of that. Now, those people may, watch this, act like enemies. That's why God says we're to pray for them, do good for them, love them, and bless them. But we are going to have real enemies. So listen very carefully. This is a hard line to draw, those of you that are military people. I fully realize that when I am put out in harm's way because I've chosen to enlist in the military, that I have signed up to put myself in front of a bullet to protect others and to provide freedom here in our country. I know that. Now, while I'm out there, I also know that those are real bullets that are coming from real guns of real people that really hate me, that are really my enemy. Not You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us make it clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. Make it clear.